When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Society 13 Podcast Network Redefining Podcasts Society-13.com I like to listen You want to see something really scary? You bet Music Horror Art Politics And overall badass Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio Happy Halloween, folks. Glad you're tuning in. I hope you didn't miss the last pop-off with uh, myself. Actually, it was uh, myself with Martise and April. Um, we, uh, did a, well, if you want to call it a simulcast, uh, I, I, we did it as a Kettle Whistle Radio crossover with the pop-off. And for all our shows, I really stress, and definitely you gotta check out the girls of NC17. Um, go to society, I'm sorry, www.society-13.com for all your podcasting needs. We got a lot going on. Um, I have a very special guest tonight. You're going to meet female exorcist Elena Damewood and her friends Zach and Kitty. Very interesting conversation, and you're going to learn something tonight. I promise. And you'll hear the magnificent sounds of Dandy Brown. I'll be damned is the name of the song you'll hear about halfway through the show. And he is available on Bandcamp. Uh, I don't know that he's on iTunes yet. He has yet to get back to me on that one. Uh, but he's just a great guy. Um, Andy Brown, find him on Facebook, friend him. He's a great guy. And you gotta listen to his music. Uh, I've played him before. He's a friend of the show, absolutely. And I, I wanna thank Kevin Christ and of course Mandy Danger for the setup at the Living Dead weekend in Evans City, PA. That was a blast, and that's where we podcasted from. That's a fun little simulcast. Like I said, check out the last pop-off with uh, Martise, and you'll hear that, hear it there as well as Kettle Wilson Radio, an episode before this one. All right, and let's see. So, A Night with an Exorcist. Um, this goes back to, uh, let's see, me and Solon Sangaris met Elena Damewood at the Syracuse Palace Theater, a year ago, uh, thanks to Jeff Meyer, and it, it is a haunted place. She had a heck of a time being there, and we had a hell of a time just uh, selling our books and wares and fun stuff. And it was a Jason festival, which was great, and I highly recommend going there. They do all kinds of stuff. If you ever if you're in the Syracuse area, look up the Palace Theater before you get there just to see what's going on and hook up with Jeff Meyer. He's a great dude, too. He's, he's one of my friends on Facebook. You could find him there. Uh, let's see what else. Too many thank yous going on here. Um, and there goes my phone, of course, always. Not my dog this time. Phone. And it's my sister. 
Yeah, I'll have to. I'll be in trouble here in a little bit. Okay, so anyway, let's get back to uh, Kettle Whistle Radio. Um, and uh, as always, find me at Fairly Dark on Twitter and go to www.fairlydarkproductions for all your past podcast needs if you like Kettle Whistle Radio. Okay, and uh, happy Halloween, folks. Hope you enjoy this one. And um, now this... Stigmata Studios presents The Scorpion Strikes. In this comic book, a terrorist called The Scorpion is transported to a secret CIA prison. He quickly turns the tables on the guards and administrators and releases the prisoners. A well-armed anarchist called Constituent Zero assembles a team and fights to take the prison back. The story is a dark political action thriller. The Scorpion's actions set the stage perfectly for the Jin Jihad. Available on Indie Planet. Get more info on The Scorpion Strikes, The Jin Jihad, and other titles at stigmatastudios.com. All right, folks, uh, friends and fiends. Thank you for listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. A very special guest is on tonight. Um, well, by the time you hear this, it'll probably almost be Halloween. But I want to introduce uh, female exorcist um, Elena Danwood. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. And we have some, let's see, some history. We met at the Syrac- Syracuse, what was that, the uh, Jason Fest? What did they call that? I don't remember. remember. It was the Horror Fest. Yeah, the Horror Fest. It was a good time. And uh, you were dressed as Chucky. <laughs> And immediately drawn to each other <laughs> at the show. What can I say? And we did a good show then. Uh, but you, you, since then, you've had some uh, interesting things go on, I guess. Um, you hit me up recently, and uh, I think you have a story to tell. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we discussed a little bit and we covered a little bit at the convention was the conflict with exorcism. We really didn't go much over the ideas between connections between it and mysticism as you talked about the factor that we had kind of an instant connection. Mm-hmm. In spiritual communities, that would be known as a divine role or a interceding in your path, in your spiritual walk. Okay. Most yeah, yeah, we do talk about that. that as, mm-hmm. part of, as part of the board or the chessboard of life, as your mm-hmm. mom would say. And one of the things about mystics and people with family traditions, bloodline-related traditions is the fact that a lot of them are either completely afraid to admit that they have the abilities, this is where you also hear the term of actual deja vu, you hear people talking about mm-hmm. how women have intuition and the ability to see things in advance. Yes. All of this overlaps with the exorcism stuff because in most cases, the people who go into exorcism fields also have a background in mysticism because we've experienced things and seen things that we cannot scientifically understand ourselves. Um, that is exactly why I've got my friend here, Zachariah, mm-hmm. because his family's got a long history, a very interesting history behind it, just like mine. Mine, actually, my relatives were prophets for kings and queens, Ireland, England, and Scotland, and our history actually traces back to the Lily of the Valley, or what's known as the birthplace of Christ, birthplace of Mary's family. 
Um, we were gypsies. We were travelers who would give advice to kings and queens and people along our travels. And most of the mystics in, our fam- in my family were very tied to the roots of pantheonic traditions along with Christian traditions. In fact, most of us actually started out studying paganism and then went into Catholicism and Methodist tradition along with other forms of Christianity. This is more religion. This is more religion than I've ever had in 160 episodes. (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of people um, don't understand how that actually connects over. The guy who created the exorcism order, St. Benedict, had trouble with the understanding of what demonics were. He he was a studier of the mysticism tradition in the Church of Rome. Now, he was part of the Dominican order originally. And the thing about it is, is that the mystics in the Dominican order have a long history of having people pop out of the blue and creating other orders. Another one that was come, came from them was the head of the Franciscan and Confucians, which is St. Francis of Assisi. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about it is, is that in these cases, the reason the churches have always studied mystics is because our bloodline traditions entreat them. Where most of the time when you're in church services and you are dealing with laying on hands of people or prayer to be able to see something or understand something going on. A mystic has a sense to be able to actually detect things earlier on. Um, Zach, would you like to explain a little bit about what it is with your family's gifts since your dad was a Jewish rabbi? Um, let's take a little louder. Okay. I, I, you should introduce yourself, too. <laughs> actually from Israel, but we've also done a lot of travels as uh, also gypsies, but more of the entertainers than... Um, you weren't selling snake oil, were you? What? You weren't selling snake oil, were you? That's a joke. No. <laughs> That's a joke. You never saw the Paul McCartney video. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I threw you off. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Um, no, the thing about my family is we've actually been around for, by the actual name of Shuck or Shuckstein or Shuckberg okay. for 950 years. <laughs> it has a long history. A little bit, yes. Um, absolutely everyone in my family um, both male and female, or even those that, uh, those are the men and women that have married into our family, um, gain the ability to determine when different spirits are around. We can tell if it was, if it's an angelic spirit, a demonic spirit, or a floating spirit that needs help. What do you run into, excuse me, what do you run into more as far as those? More demonic or the human? I, I... What are the more common? Um, actually, it's all about the exact same ability. Mm. It's just, we can tell which one it is by the feelings of emotion that is implanted into us. Interesting. It's okay. like if it's a demonic spirit, usually there's anger mm. and, uh, it could, it drives us into a shivering cold and 
is a fear. Mm. That's interesting. Okay. And we actually uh, went on a paranormal investigation last night with a couple of our friends. Um, we went through what's called a walkthrough. Is this where, the, uh, Elena, is this the most recent one that you were going to tell me about? Yeah, this is uh, one of the incidences I was actually going to tell you about. Okay. Um, and in the walkthrough that we did last night, um, we each kind of went into our own little zone, I guess you could say. My friend, who's another mystic, she goes into what we call trances, where she will actually start taking on personalities of spirits mm. that are around her. Yeah, I'm she familiar with that. She actually starts picking up on the actual traces left behind. Zach and I both were starting to feel like kind of heady, kind of a dark influence around us. We didn't. I was feeling different, and including having to help that one um, veteran because. He had an issue of where he had a flag, the American flag, that was uh, supposed to be by his gravestone. Okay. And it was touching on the ground. And I felt that somebody was walking towards that one to fix it, and I didn't even know that it needed fixing. Hmm. For, I, I guess I was maybe 50 yards from it. And that's a good example of exactly what Zach's talking about with the idea of the emotional traits too. When you're sometimes when you're empathic you have that same problem. A lot of people in Christian churches call it mysticism, we call it empath in the paranormal community. An empath is a person who picks up on the exact emotions of the people who are around them during a specific time period in their life. Like me and my friend Julie, the way we connected. Mm -hmm. um, we actually connected through that actual sort of event. I was actually working for a group called That's Paranormal at the time. And um, it was about a week after I joined the group. And I woke up at about... 8 a.m. in the morning our time, which would have been possibly 8 p.m. in the U.K., and I keep showing somebody clock, and I didn't know what was going on. So I went back to, to sleep, trying to get a little bit of rest before having to get up to uh, mm -hmm. do stuff that morning, and decided, okay, things are going to calm down. It'll be okay. Well, 8 p.m. that night, I started feeling it even heavier than it was before, and I didn't know what was going on, so I said, I'm just going to put it on the page. I'm going to see if any of my friends will respond to it. Because okay. I knew it was somebody who was farther away than where I was physically at. And with me, my impact abilities, I can feel people from thousands of miles away, what's going on with their bodies, what's going on with their emotions. Um, I didn't know that. We, we, we didn't talk about that. That's interesting. Okay. And that's exactly what happened with how me and Julie met. The way me and Julie met, I got on that paranormal and I posted and said, I don't know who in the hell you are. I know you're a woman with blondish brown hair. I know that you're crying right now. I know you're in a lot of mental pain. I'm praying for you. My friend Stuart, who's one of the paranormal experts in the UK, posted, Elena, you just picked up on Billy. She's at her dad's funeral right now. He died. Man. Wow. Well, okay. Um, this doesn't surprise me with you, absolutely. Um, we're we're going to get back to you in a little bit here. we got to pay the bills, and uh, we'll get back with Elena. And I'm sorry, is it Zach or Zachariah? Because it didn't come through clear. Uh, I can go by Zach. Zach, okay. So, uh, we'll get back. Name, my actual first name in uh, Hebrew is pronounced uh, Zachariah. Okay, yeah. Actually, I do know that. I do know that. All right, well, we'll go with Zach, and we'll be right back with Elena and Zach, and thank you guys for being here. Okay. 
you're not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that's well here in the dark. Things best left to see. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> so we're back uh, with Elena Damewood and Zach. You're, you're back there too, aren't you? Okay, yeah, you're, I could barely hear you before. Now I got you. Um, I, apparently, I was just informed that Elena's dog, Dixie, <laughs> remembers me. <laughs> she actually hears my voice and is reacting to it? Yeah, she's reacting to it. She's smiling and wagging her tail. Oh, she was a cutie. She was a cutie. Well, we were getting to some serious subject matter. Um, your platform here, so if you want to talk about the, the latest investigation, it, that's all you. Okay, um, I wanted to explain a little bit on how um, Zach and I have had it. We've known each other for 13 years at this point. Okay. I've known his brothers and all three of them. And I always knew there was something different back when I met the dad back before the, the father had passed because the father was also a rabbi and a teacher. He did evangelistic ministry. He um, was very involved in mysticism. Him and I would get in several conversations about it when he was alive. But, Zach, could you explain a little bit about the family history and the legends behind your family? And yeah, that would be good. That would be good. Explain the rage. Um, every once in a while, we just get into, like, this fit of rage where we just want to hurt somebody. And we had absolutely no reason to have that direction to hurt somebody. There goes the dog. I apologize, folks. That's uh, my sidekick that's barking in the background. We're going to take a uh, pause here, but we're going to get right back into the rage. I apologize, Zach. And we are back. Uh, yeah, leave it to my dog for a little comedy relief. Uh, she hates the mailman, and he just came by. <laughs> Why do they hate the mailman so much? I think that all animals have a secondary instinct of hating things that come into their personal zone and it's kind of a protection zone for them. Yeah. And that's how animals do that. Yeah. But, um, Zach, could you explain a little bit about, like, the rage and why people in the early days thought it was 
Sorry, Elena, have you actually witnessed this? Yes, I have on a couple of different occasions with wow, each okay. one of the boys, in fact. In fact, um, I only witnessed it once with the father when he was alive, and I'd only seen the beginning of his fit because it had occurred at the game store that we all used to play games at, and he had gotten agitated during the game. And you know how, like, most people, when they're holding a stress ball, yeah. squeeze onto it? Right. He had one of those in his pocket, and it literally, he grabbed a hook of just, it looked like barely squeezing the meat, popped it, and it turned into dust oh my on the God. floor below. Jeez. So it literally just, and I went, are you okay? And he went, yeah, I'll be okay in a bit. And that's the only, that's the only time I ever experienced it with the dad. Now, with the boys, I've seen Reuben, the younger of the boys, throw... When he was younger, I used to see him. He used to play with my children. Um, he used to play with my son, Gabriel, and my daughter, Akira. And he used to have what I called these temper tantrum rage fits, where he would get so agitated, he didn't care what was in his path, he would physically break it. And it was to the point that he didn't realize how strong he was. Mm. And he could have a piece of electrical equipment in front of him, and it'd start malfunctioning from just... The energy that comes off of the line, more or less, the actual range itself. Uh, Ruben can actually interfere with electronics. Wow. Um, phones and cell phone, uh, watches, um, computers give out on him all the time. Like, even at his work, when he's agitated and upset, the screens will start blinking. Wow. At the place he worked at. Um, Abraham, the oldest, he takes his rage more into the mental aspect. He starts getting so upset. He starts having almost mental anguish attacks, uh, like a mini panic attack, sort of. But he kind of focuses it in on whoever he's around at the time period. And he'll get so upset that he'll give himself physical headaches. So you can actually see his eyes, like, actually turning blood red from it. Um... And like I said, each one of the boys has different abilities, which the same thing applied to their father. Um, Zach is very much into being able to see spirits and feel them. And physically touch them. So uh, is this uh, a contributing factor to the uh, short lifespan of your, your the men in your family? Probably. I think it is. I think what they're doing is because the, the reason, I think the reason the legends of the shark dog started in the UK, I think that they were seeing the rage and the endorphin factors in the family, and they were comparing it to what they could see in the physical environment. Mm. Uh, because there were demon dogs that were actually uncovered in um, the UK 
Inside a church. There was also another one in uh, Chicago. Yeah. When I was in the military. Yeah. And the Chuck Dog legend is a very interesting legend. It's about these big black dogs that were supposed to be helping the rulers of the underground. Right. They believe that they were demon dogs. I'm familiar with the uh, the lore, absolutely. And um, this is the actual family that it belongs to. Jack's family is the one actually related to that bloodline. Wow. And in Judaism, he's also, his family's part of the accursed tribe line, which is an interesting combination because they're allowed to have the priest rights, but they're also allowed to study forbidden gospels of Judaism that most people cannot read or get their hands on because they have to learn how to control it from both a mystic standpoint, both with performing the exorcism rights and being able to understand how to control their own mystic abilities. And that's why, like, when you're working with exorcisms, that's why it's important to have people in the paranormal field who can both do the scientific approach and debunk the things and also see the psychological approaches on it because it overlaps with the traits that have the people who have the mystic abilities or, like Zach said, about the physical strength and the endorphins being higher than normal in his family. And that's how come in a lot of cases when you're having to deal with training people, you have to learn how to actually adapt each case to a very specific area of expertise with that individual case. Like in Zach's case, I had to spend probably about three months just doing genealogy research alone on the family history. Okay. And what did you come up with? I came up, the closest I came up with is that the reason that the Hellhound legend got created was because of the fact that they couldn't understand the rage from the family and the connection between it and the mystical abilities that they experienced while they were in the States. And because it overlapped with their human qualities, the men actually produced so much so fast that they're actually literally leading their body drive all the other resources. Mm. It's basically kind of like um, a degraded sponge. You know, like when you're taking so much energy and how mm. a sponge, when it's gotten water in it, how it slowly kind of kills off the actual plant life. Or a succubus. And that's basically what his family does naturally. Each one of the ministers who go into the Jewish line when it gets passed down, the member mm. of the family that chooses to go into that actual specific trade... They go into it because they see it more as a gift they can use to help others with. Okay. Well, that's a va- that's a valiant effort, that's for sure. But and scary. <laughs> the funny part about it is that it's only a male trait in my family, which is unusual because usually it's only the female traits, if any. Hmm. That's what I, I thought, too, yeah. yeah. But my family's a little off on that part. Which is interesting because in my family, it's the opposite. The women are the ones with the gifts of prophecy. The women are the ones who have the ability to see things in advance, hear things, be able to feel people's things. They're very strong empaths. Um, some of them have even been known to get rid of people's things from their physical bodies. Yeah, without saying who, it's, it's the same thing in my family. It's the women. It's always been the women that see the ghosts. Well, it's like... Um, one of the things that my dad and me and even my younger brother have is whenever we're around somebody who's pregnant, we'll get the sympathy pains and uh, other issues from it. 
get right back here we're going to take a quick break and uh maybe play a tune and uh we'll be back with uh elena and zach thank you guys
That was Dandy Brown with I'll Be Damned. Now let's get back to Elena, Kitty, and Zach. And we are back, folks. Thanks for listening still. And we are joined by a third party now. So we got Zach, Elena, and Kitty, which is not a real name, but I, I learned some interesting things off air just now. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, hello. Um, I'm not really sure what, what you want me to say exactly. <laughs> well, Elena brought you in, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, Kitty and I have been doing investigations for how many years now? Um, let's see here. We started uh, with the paranormal investigations back when we were part with Lion Heart Investigations which was during the years of, well, for me and Elena together was 2005 and 2006. Um, previously, I was doing the investigations with the same group of people minus Elena uh, back in 2004 and 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I've never used uh, any type of equipment or technology to track or detect uh, activity. I've always relied upon my natural ability. Um, I go by what I refer to as my fuzzies, which is where I get a fuzzy, foggy sensation around my third eye chakra. Okay, foggies. You said like foggies. Okay. At the graveyard, when we went to do the graveyard investigation, um, Kitty said she was feeling her fuzzies. And the reason fuzzies? we get things oh, okay. that she has to name Kitty is because she has very cat-like senses. When she gets entertained by an energy, she automatically goes and follows that Trait mm. in the impulse of it. That and also my spirit animal is a cat. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we were talking and, about off air. <laughs> 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 and see, uh, in each family strength, you have different types of ways of explaining mysticism and psychic ability and psychic phenomena. Uh, Jennifer's family also comes from a family that has very mystic connections. There's several members of her family, just like yours and mine, David, that have females that have the abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, my my mother, she has been practicing um, for dogs over 30-some years. Um, my little cousin, uh, she does not practice, but she has the gift of mediumship. Um, my, and in my family, it's also, it's also hit male as well. Um, my grandfather was able to see, uh, ghosts, uh, or spirits, if you wish. Um, my, both sets of grandmothers on both sides of my family, uh, had a uncanny ability to know things that they, they should not know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of how, like, when Jennifer and I were doing the investigations, that was part of the reason the team members who used equipment did not know exactly how to take either one of us. Because when we started doing investigations together, we were both like, ooh, it's over there. Ooh, there's one there. But we would go off in our different directions, as Kitty calls it, her tingling, and I'd just go, oh, okay, there's something that wants to talk to me. Well, just, just so I could bring this all together, did you and Kitty work together with Zach? Um, I, of course, last night went off on my own as is 
very common uh, for me. Uh, Elena and Zach then branched off um, together. Uh, mm-hmm. However, I do believe that we experienced uh, similar uh, activity uh, last night. I'm not sure. Did you, Elena, did you tell him already? I'm dying to hear this. I'm dying to hear this. Um, last night, David, I was having a real strong feeling that some of the spirits were upset and angry about stuff, and I didn't know what was going on. And I instinctively went, okay, I'm going to go check on Uncle George. And great Uncle George has been following my family members for years. And okay. I went over to where his grave was at, and there was about six gravestones that somebody had broken off like they had been torn up. At this period mm. in time, Zach was literally down physically on the ground next to one in pretty much a mental state. By the time I realized Kitty was completely on the other side of the cemetery and going in the opposite direction following the opposite spirits, I realized, where's Kitty? Where's Kitty? We need Kitty. <laughs> and, and that was my exact comment to Zach, is we have to find Kitty. We need to get out of here. Something's going really bad, really fast. Wow. And I had already... Uh, went down um, towards the bottom of the cemetery, got a sensation that I knew to be negative, turned around and started heading back towards the front of the cemetery where my car was parked, did a sweep through uh, on my way to try to locate Elena and Zach, did not see them, and continued onward to my car. I did not know that they had discovered the broken uh, gravestones uh, until Elena uh, told me once returning to my car. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I instinctively, I know when to leave and when to when to poke and prod at them. Yeah, and before and the interesting part, well, at the first portion of the investigation when we first got out of the car, Kitty and I went up to the hillside to walk off. Street to visit the bathroom, and uh, while we were waiting for Zach to get back, me and Kitty were both feeling like things were watching us, okay. and they were staring us dead in the eye, like they didn't know if we were friendly or not. Hmm. And it felt like almost kind of a dark, heavy sense watching over my shoulder. And I, at one point, turned to Kitty and said, "Did you see that?" Because she was walking up the hill. And I felt somebody come beside me on the other side. And actually, you at first. So these were friendly spirits. Friendly, but angry and upset. Okay. Because I had a big question for all three of you, really, and everybody that's listening to this is going to want to know this. Has there ever, ever been a moment where you guys just said, I'm done with this, I'm out of here? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, that was a quick three yeses. <laughs> Uh, during uh, that experience, I actually 
basically was I had fallen asleep in the car because I was working night shifts at the time. Um, and I was actually woken up by a spirit. Uh, the spirit that woke me up was friendly, but when I got woke up, um, the other members that were with me were already scrambling back to the car and telling me that they were under attack. Wow. And what kind of attack? Just like a... Okay. Yeah, I think the most weirdest experience I had on that day was um, the graveyard investigation over at Lincoln Park Cemetery when everybody else wanted to follow the smog up the hill and go to the house that didn't exist, and I wanted to get the fuck out of there. That was just <laughs> friends decided that... Um, I'm not laughing at you. I just say I love when Elena gets angry. <laughs> yeah, and, and I literally looked at the other members and realized they were gone at the time, and that was when I did the blessing. And remember how we talked about the thou shalt not pass moment? Right. A seizure, you had a seizure that night. Yeah, I was using you basically the same type of conductor that this group down here uses Gary for. Okay. And uh, that's how kind of it ties back into like the demonics and the spirits. After a while, a person who's mystically inclined, it doesn't matter which type of bloodline gift you have, it actually will basically create almost like a poison or like feeling like you're getting drunk. Mm hmm. Like the first time I went to the Palace Theater, I actually got so nauseated walking up to the top floor, I threw up twice in their, their commode at the restroom upstairs. No, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, that, yeah, that place, uh, yeah, you told me about it that night. Well, with you, Elena, you, you get that, you know, you actually become physically ill. Um, with me, and I think that it has to do with the fact that I, I am very sense what would be referred to as a psychic vampire where I can feed off of that energy and I actually need to feed off of that energy. 
for me, I do get that. If I overfeed, I get that rush of energy to where, like you said, it's almost like a drunk or a, or a high. Um, but for me, I I just use the energy until I no longer buzz. <laughs> yeah. And see, I think that's quite very well with that family, too, because Ruben and Abraham and Zachariah himself, I'd say all three of the boys use that when they're gaming. Uh, when they're playing board games or strategy games, uh, the boys all conduct that energy into whatever they're playing around them. And we can force and the dice. Even if we're not rolling the dice, we can force energy into the dice to roll what we want them to roll. I'm very yeah. jealous. That's extremely Jedi. Yeah. It's just like, it's like me and smiling and manipulate cards. We're not playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I wanted to say this too, just because to, people don't know everything we're talking about here. Um, we were, t- me and Elena were at the Palace Theater in Syracuse, and I, I think wasn't it haunted by a woman, an angry woman spirit. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, it was a creepy place. It was fun, but uh, yeah, you got sick, and I just wanted people to know exactly what we're talking about there. But um, I don't want to wrap this up, guys, and I love to. I would love to have you on again since it's it's Halloween season. People love this stuff. But um, I ha- kind of have to go. Uh, what about you? Well, you, you? Do you guys want to share your Twitters, where people can find you, where people can find help? Um, yeah, sure. The easiest way to get a hold of me is um, through the All Catholic Church's website or to go to um, – you can go to Hector Cicelaya Damewood on Twitter, and you can find me through there. You can also find me under Elena Damewood on Facebook, too. Right. I will – I will actually help with explaining scientific research through there. I work for several branches of the Catholic churches with the Church of England. Um, Zach, um, he just kind of does this with, like, different church groups. His father was part of different ministry programs in the area. Um, Zach, which would be the best way to get a hold of you if people had questions? Did we lose Zach? Yeah, Zach. Oh. <laughs> I'll have you, you guys, I think you may have sent me a friend request. People can find you through my mutual friends or whatever, you know, of course. So if you didn't friend me already, do so, please, Zach, okay? Same with you, Kitty. All right, I was going to say, if you're on Elena's page, I can find you through her. Okay, yes. Yeah. And if anybody has questions, they can always contact me, and I can get in touch with these two about them as well. Okay, well, and, I believe that you guys can help folks. Oh, yes, definitely. That's what we've been trying to do in our community for several years. That's why Kitty and I first got involved in this stuff. Was I've only been practicing for 17 years. But, you know, <laughs> and, and I've been practicing since I was 12 years old. So, I believe that. And sure. so now Zach and Abraham and 
Ruben are all taking it from different perspectives. Ruben's, well, actually, one thing we didn't really discuss too much on is Ruben's ability to, what he described as eating them as snacks when it comes to being a snack. Yeah, <laughs> he, he feeds off of their Wow. Okay, that's a lot. That you know, that's a whole nother show. Um, and fo- uh, really, I, I want to thank you guys for being on this. I really appreciate it. And um, as always, folks, you can find me at Fairly Dark on Twitter and www.fairlydarkproductions.com where you can find everything Kettle Whistle Radio. And if you're interested in some horror books, they're there for you. And comic books. Um, guys, thank you so much. And uh, I'm going to ask you guys to all all unite and say goodnight. Goodnight, guys. Goodnight. Very good. Thank you. Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Electric acid.